and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fulton. My guest today, the one and only Taco. You remember Taco. He had the smash hit, Putting on the Ritz. Back in the 80s, it hit number four on the charts, the cover of the Irving Berlin song. We talk about whether or not he got a response from Mr. Berlin regarding his song. And Taco had a big decision to make, whether to look for success here in the States or go overseas in Europe and continue his career there. We all know how it went. He talks about that decision. And I want to apologize to Taco. I had this interview with him early last year. And unfortunately, with other interviews, it kept getting pushed back. So finally, we can release it now. And yes, Taco is his real first name. His full name is Tacoocracy. Very nice guy, very engaging guy. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with him. So I've been looking for a lot of your music and you know, I have After 8 album, which features Putting on the Ritz, but a lot of it is really hard to find in the States. Um, why is that? Well, after uh, working in the States, it's, a, it's kind of a long story. Uh, everything started for, from Hamburg, Germany, uh, where I still live today. And uh, America wasn't really on, on, on the on the view and uh, I, after touring all of Scandinavia and working through all, all of Europe back in the early 80s uh, the, the first LP started uh, exporting a lot of records to the United States via Canada uh, to Detroit and it was only at that po point where the uh, American uh, record company RCA decided well we want to hop on board and uh, and make some business for ourselves. So that's why I took over there. But I, I was never directly signed to RCA. I was uh, a Pierre Southern uh, publishing artist. Okay. And even before that, like, you know, kind of like starting from the beginning, um, you've had like a, a real fascinating life, you know, childhood growing up. Uh, just talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, we're uh, Dutch people, uh, colony people, and uh, I was born and raised the first years in Indonesia, and uh, until the Dutch people were begged to leave the country or become <laughs> Indonesian, <laughs> to put it nicely. So, well, yeah, we're kind of refugees from that day on, and uh, first of all, we, we moved to the Netherlands, and uh, Pretty soon, my father found a job for an American shirt company, Arrow Shirts, and that took us uh, across the globe, um, uh, starting off in Singapore, where uh, he put us kids uh, on the uh, International Schools of America, and that made it a, a lot easier until I graduated in Brussels and, in 1973, and uh, yeah, then like I said, we moved to Hamburg, Germany. There I went to acting school. I did uh, my first parts uh, as an extra. And uh, at nights we would go in the clubs and uh, jam with the bands in the clubs. And that's how I got into the music business. So, yeah, so how did like your love of like the American songbook come about? Well, through the international schools, okay. uh, you, you grow up with it, and uh, I was, of course, also in, in, in school choir. 
as of the early days and one of the first musicals I played in was uh, You're a Good Man and Charlie Brown where I played Snoopy <laughs> and uh, yeah, by the time it was graduation years we, we put on big big shows like Anna Tefka and, uh, and uh, I played El Gallo and the Fantastics. Yeah. So was, was acting or music like your first love? Yeah. And, uh, and the funny thing is when, when we came to Germany, then uh, first of all, of course, I had, I was in, in, in a whole new, yeah, a whole new culture. I had to learn the German language and I was kind of unhappy because I didn't know what to do. And it was actually my father's idea. I said, why don't you go to acting school? You can learn German there, and uh, you've always loved being on stage, and go from there. And that's exactly what I did. So, uh, was it ever like thought about one of your dreams, like to come play in Broadway? Was it always you were going to play, you know, theater in Europe? Well, it, it you know, it, it's it's funny, but my life has always been one of uh, being at the right time, uh, at at the right place. And I, I never really thought about. It. I, I didn't uh, point out my, you know, or, uh, point out a career. It was always, uh huh, yeah, we're doing this show and we're going to do that. And uh, would you like to join us? And I go, yeah, sure, why not? You know, <laughs> I was a really happy or lucky guy back then. And um, I, I never dreamt that with that one song, you know, it, it would go across the whole globe. That I'd land in the United States one day. Yeah, and you know, talk about that song now. Um, putting on the Ritz. Um, how did you decide, to, you know, to record that one in particular? I know, you know after eight, there are a couple other, you know, great covers, but you know, how, how did that one kind of take off? Putting on the Ritz. 
Well, it's uh, it's really funny. I, my very first uh, record contract was was with German uh, popular popular music. Uh, it was a great contract, and uh, I was still doing a lot of theater work. And uh, I came to a point where I said, "That's not the kind of music I'd like to do." And I had just seen uh, a big MGM musical movie where. Uh, uh, let me see. Uh, Clark Gable sang "Putting on the Ritz." I think it's the only song he ever sung, and <laughs> said, "Hey, wow, that, that, that's really neat. That's a, what a cool song." And 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 we could mix that with the, this new wave sound that was just starting in Germany. Uh, it might work. And I finally found a producer team to go in, into the studio with me, but nobody was interested in the product. <laughs> so uh, I was kind of like a, a buyout for the, for the company, where uh, as a, a record company, you, you buy certain artists and, uh, and you take along uh, a couple of other ones, you know, as, as a favor. <laughs> And that's how I got into RCA. <laughs> and uh, so they didn't really, you know, care about the records. And I tried to do a bit of promotion for myself. I uh, made a deal with a big uh, department store where they would carry me like a, a puppet <laughs> in, into, the, into the shop window. And we'd have computerized music. This is also on my uh, website. <laughs> we have it. And uh, when pe enough people were in, uh, on the street in front of the window, I would say, okay, turn on the tape. <laughs> and <laughs> we'd do Ritz. And after that, I did an autograph uh, hour. And so we toured with that through Germany. And the whole thing kind of trickled. And, and nobody was really interested in it after, more, after that. And then I started a, a boutique with my father with sportswear. <laughs> About a year later, uh, I got a phone call from Sweden, from RCA Sweden, saying, hey, would you please come over and do some promotion for, for Ritz? And I go, oh, wow. Somebody's <laughs> After one year, they're interested in it. <laughs> and I came over there and it had started a, a, a total hype over there. And uh, I just had the single uh, when I landed in, in Stockholm. And at night, I, uh, I was invited in a discotheque to uh, perform Putting on the Ritz and the B-side of, of the single. <laughs> and when I left that weekend, there were orders for an LP, <laughs> which had gold status already. <laughs> but, I, but I had no product. <laughs> So I came back to Hamburg and it was like, oh my God, we have we have to get this LP uh, done in 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 a jiffy, you know. And uh, we we were in the studio two weeks nonstop, and uh, yeah, and that's how the the madness started. Right, um, and you know, obviously, "Put on a Ritz" was written by Irving Berlin. Uh, did you hear any like? feedback from him about your rendition of the song? Yes, that's uh, that was really exciting. When I, I came to tour in the United States, uh, and I was there uh, in New York, 
my uh, American management, uh, put up a phone call with Mr. Berlin, and that, that was so exciting for me. He was 100 years old at that time, and, and he was telling me that, my God, everybody in, in, in the business has sung this song, but it's never, you know, really hit the charts the way uh, your version has, and he was very, very excited about it. Yeah, I mean, the song took off around the world here. It was huge. I was, uh, I don't want to make you feel old. I think I was about eight years old when I came out. (laughs) (laughs) But but yeah, it was, you know, it was a fun song because also, you know, my grandparents at that time were, you know, they were were big fans of, you know, Irving Berlin and and whatnot. So they they actually appreciated your version as well. So it, it touched, you know, generations, your version. Yeah, it, it, it's, it was incredible. I mean, I, I got to see so many places and meet so many interesting people. I remember doing, um, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Bob, Bob Hope show. And he was totally shocked when I came on the set. And he said, oh, my God, I was expecting some real old man. <laughs> <laughs> you're a young guy and they go, yeah I, I love this music I love these standards you know and uh, yeah it, it was so much fun you know doing doing all the, all the great shows with the golden uh, what's the name again the, the dancers uh, uh, solid gold solid, go- solid gold dancers that's right yeah and um, yeah before I knew it I you know I was doing all these uh, shows around the world and everywhere they had ballet for me and yeah it was really really exciting yeah and, and the album had some other you know great covers cheek to cheek uh, singing in the rain uh but were any of them i, I don't remember i mean i was young but uh were any other ones released as singles in the states i don't know if, if in the states but uh all of our europe definitely and uh, I know Cheek to Cheek. I, I did some TV work for Cheek to Cheek in the States. Yeah, that's right. Dance with me, I want my arm about you. I 
That album, you know, took off, but then, like, like I said before, it's really hard to find, like, you know, Let's Face the Music, which also had some good songs I found on, on YouTube. What, like, what happened there? What was there, like, record company, like, issues or just lack of success? Well, no, it, uh, it, it came to a point where uh, my German company said, uh, okay, if, if you want to pursue your career in the States and, and, and work internationally, uh, you have to live in the United States. And uh, so that was a pretty big decision for, for me because I've been on the road for quite a long time. And, you know, to give up all your roots, you know, I'm, I'm a real European kid, uh, was a big decision at that time. And they weren't willing, you know, to set me up and uh, to get me the right people in, in the United States. So that would have been a, a very big risk for me. And, um, and I wasn't driven by ambition in any way. Right. So I said, nah, 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 I'm, I'm going back, I'm, I'm going back home. <laughs> and I'll try to manage it from there on. You know? Right. Do you ever like think back and kind of regret that decision? Or are you happy that you stayed in Europe? Nah, I don't regret it at all. I mean, uh, I was on tour in the States. It was a lot of fun. I, uh, I had the chance to live in Bel Air. And, nice. uh, but I also uh, got a chance to, you know, to really smell into what showbiz uh, looks, uh, looks like over there. And, uh, it was, uh, to be very honest, uh, quite lonely at the top. Right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I know now they do all those like lost eighties, like, you know, live tours where they get a bunch of, you know, bands, they come, they sing, you know, two to three songs and then they go, have you ever been contacted about doing one of those tours? No, actually uh, never. And, um, which I, I wonder a lot about because it would be a lot of fun, of course. Yeah. yeah it would be, you know, to see you sing you know, a few songs. I wonder if just, you know, if you would have to you know reach out to them, maybe they just, I wouldn't say forgot about you, but since you've been extensively in Europe, maybe it's just, you know, you've been overlooked. Well, yeah, I've, I've a pretty good presence on, on Facebook and, right. and my management has tried uh, to make a lot of contacts in the United States, but you know, to, to go fly over there with my band, uh, would mean having at least a certain amount of gigs right. you know, and not just flying over for, for one special one. <laughs> right. uh, but we did have an, a nice little success. We brought out a new rendition of Ritz in 217, and yeah. the Fred Astaire Dance uh, Academy in, in the States, uh, they picked up on, on my version, and uh, they even uh, won the, the dance, uh, what do you call that, uh, phenomenon in, in the States. Uh, with that uh, new rendition. 
Right. Yeah. No. It's 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 definitely fantastic. And there's like a bunch of like you know different versions on that on that EP. I recommend everyone to check it out. It's great. Uh, there's also uh, a couple older songs I really like uh, that I found on YouTube. Uh, one got to be your lover. It was it was kind of like a little Rick Ashley sounding. Yeah, that was popular at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I looked into a lot of uh, styles. See, I, I grew up with all this music at home, right? And and so 
it's you know it's always fun to, to you know dwell in, into those different styles and and, and not just stick to, you know to one thing. Right. So who were you listening to like when you were growing up? Uh, everything from uh, from uh, from classical music to to jazz and, and swing and um, and of course pop music and when I was a teenager. Uh, I was really into Tamla Motown music, and uh, yeah, let me see. And then, of, of course, I, I loved musicals because I worked in them, and uh, yeah, I got exposed to, to, to a lot of sty different styles. And you know, I, I wasn't you know just into one kind of music. Right, no, it's it, it's good to have like a bird. I mean, I I love all sorts of music. Because if you just listen to like just one type of music, I think it just, it kind of gets boring after a while. Yeah, you're right. You know, and and uh, yeah, it opens your horizon. And, and what definitely helped a lot was you know we're working in 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 clubs and to jam. Right. You know, with musicians and 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 it's 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 a good ground layer, you know, to build a career on. So like you have such like a distinct sounding voice and it's it's fantastic. But were there any like people like you'd play with for the first time and just be surprised that like you know you'd be singing like in like that distinct voice when people kind of pre preconceived notions on what to expect from you? Well, I uh, I'm, I'm surprised you say that, but um, it's 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 funny when I. When I work with, with songs, it's it, it depends on uh, get what you're trying to project. Like when, when you're singing musical, of course, you know, uh, and I've had professional voice training, you sing differently than uh, when you sing jazz or, or, or swing. And what was uh, a, a lot of fun when we when we recorded putting on the Ritz, we we put a special effect on the voice okay. to make to make it sound like the old crooner days, you know, just if you you know, a little nasal kind of singing, yeah, and uh, which was a lot of fun. But as to me, it was you know like uh, yeah, going in the studio and making a big game, gimmick out of it, right. And because the music I was singing in the clubs was uh, was yeah rock rock music and and, and, and disco music, so uh, yeah that was a you know dwelling into complete different uh, water. <laughs> right, yeah. Now like like your rock music, you know, you had like standing in the shadows, like super phys physical resurrection. You know, you know, really really rocking. You know, good songs. Do you think that? They would have been successful here in the states. I think they would have. I, I don't have a clue. Uh, all I, I, I all I've noticed over the years is if you don't have a company backing you, right? Uh, it's 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 a tough tough job. And uh, I remember, you know, the bosses of uh, RCA saying, "We want this song to be." Uh, a top ten hit in the United States, and then they would put the pressure, you know, to, uh, on all the promoters out in the country to promote the song, and uh, that's that's the way the business works. And and if you're not signed to that record company, um, uh, they lose interest, of course. 
Yeah, and like now, obviously, the record company, you know, record business has changed, you know, completely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever thought about kind of just releasing like your original work again? Releasing it again? Well, I mean, you know, just you know, putting out albums, you know. And well, yeah, I put out a lot of stuff on 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 uh, in the social networks and and um, on Facebook and. Uh, and like I said, on the website, there's a lot of music, and uh, and a lot of friends have helped me. Right. There's an, another another uh, web out there called Taco Fans, where you can hear a lot of my music. So, uh, yeah, it, it's you know putting out stuff and and hoping somebody catches on to it. Right. Yeah, and I, I saw you know on the Taco Fans channel on YouTube a project you guys worked on called Taron X. Yes, that, that we did. A, uh, those are old songs I, I wrote with a friend of mine, and uh, I've always tried to put out original stuff also. And that was a project uh, where we uh, wanted to work in five different languages, so I, I recorded uh, every song in, in a different language, which was a lot of fun at that time. And. Uh, yeah, but then again, if you, if you don't have, uh, at that time, if you, if you didn't have the backing of a, of a record company, it was very difficult. Right, right. We now, did a lot of television work with it, but uh, yeah. yeah. Right, and like when Putting on the Rich was yeah, was big, so was Falco's Rock Me Amadeus. <laughs> and yeah. I, yeah, and I love the, the Citizens you know, skit about you Tributing, you know, uh, Falco. Uh, was there like ever like, you know, but, but when you guys were both big, get you know confused for for the other one? Nah, we, no. because we did uh, two right. different kinds of music, and um, but but we did meet in, in some uh, TV shows. There were a lot of TV shows back then in the eighties. <laughs> How did you uh, first find out about the Simpsons skit? About two years ago. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's amazing. Ever since I've been on on Facebook, uh, you know, people send me all kinds of uh, things that I never uh, uh, dreamt of seeing back in in, uh, in the eighties. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and social media. I mean, it's good. You know, you can connect with your fans, and they have so much you know memorabilia and so much information to you know give you. It's it's great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it, and we have a good rapport. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, what are you working on these days now? I know that you released the you know, Putting on the Ritz uh, two years ago, but what what are you uh, working on now? Uh, well, at at the moment, I I just concentrate on on uh, doing galas. So now and then, and uh, it's it's not so much jet so much uh, jet setting around the globe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. But I've done a lot of work in in, uh, in the eastern countries. Uh, I've, I've done some wonderful shows in, in Russia. And uh, yeah, and now it's uh, more kind of like, you know, picking cherries and, and people, uh, you know, asking for charities or for, for certain uh, pictures. And, and uh, yeah, and if it's fun, I'll, I'll go with it, you know. Right. <laughs> That's awesome, and good luck with everything, Taco. This was great. For, uh, thank you for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it. Sure, no. Hey, my pleasure. Super duper.
And a special thanks to Taco for joining me today. Go check him out on Facebook, Tacoocracy. Very funny on Facebook, always has some great posts. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first Noel19. Be sure to like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had, and please leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. If you don't have iTunes, not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud. It's also on Podbean. If you want a t-shirt, hoodie, phone case, go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com. I vouch for all the merchandise on there. And I'm going to leave you with uh, the remix. One of the remixes of Putting on the Ritz. This was back in 2017. And we'll see you next week. to do up and down park avenue on that famous thoroughfare with their noses in the air high hats narrow collars white spats and lots of dollars spending every dime for a wonderful time if you're blue and you don't know where to go to why don't you go where fashion sits around the ritz different types of everyday coat pants with straps and cut away coat perfect fits put it on the Super duper.